off the record, on the rocks. Welcome back to another episode. It's a Friday afternoon, November, mid-November. Cheers to you, my friend. Back with Ancarino Lara, another off the record, on the rocks episode. I can hear those ice cubes. Happy Friday, man. Happy Friday, Michael. Great to see you. Uh, we have got a lot to cover in the uh, cryptocurrency space. You are my go-to. Just the keeping up with this stuff is, it's a full-time job. We've got a massive text thread going back and forth, and I, I, can't, I can't keep up with the amount of governors taking their paychecks in Bitcoin. Uh, is Tim Cook trading in Bitcoin? Is it even news? Who cares? Didn't we know yeah. that already? What's going on, man? How are you feeling about all-time highs? I mean, I'm feeling... Well, of course, I'm feeling great about all-time highs. Just trying to stack Satoshis, get more Bitcoin. Obviously, as it gets more and more expensive, it gets harder and harder. So feel better about getting in a little earlier this summer. But yeah, I thought that... I was just talking to a bunch of people last night in an event about un, un, people you would never suspect at a kid's school function. So parents of fourth graders. And how much NFT talk there was just around the various, you know, areas of the party, people you wouldn't expect, you know, people in science, people in law, people who are in art, etc. And definitely none of them in tech. And all of their bewilderment over meta and like Facebook changing their name and how they feel betrayed on some level because as Facebook users, they weren't part of that decision. And there's just so much Fud swirling around, yeah. and to get back to your initial point, I think it got you know like is Tim Cook's is his news news or is it like a really convenient time for people with a bunch of money to like come out and be like, hey, I'm into crypto because it's so cool and like everyone's doing it. Right. By the way, don't forget about me. I'm the head of Apple. I have it too. It's just it feels very like there's a bandwagon and it's like there's a band playing and we're just marching towards the birthday party. I it feels like we're in a bit of a hysteria at the moment. You know, I keep like tabs on what's going on with these these crazy apes and and how much they have just proliferated. The Rolling Stones magazine, uh, I've got Jimmy Fallon literally aping in. Now there's Universal Group signing a group of apes and mutant apes to now be their own band, uh, represented by their. I haven't heard about that. Their ape characters, and uh, you know that to me is of interest. But now you've got Universal Group stepping yeah. in, which the whole point of so much of this technology is in the decentralization of this. So to, to then, yes, the convenience of the Tim Cooks and the Apples of the world and now the universal group of the world stepping into it, there's definitely a bandwagoning happen, uh, happening. And at the same time, the, the future is promising. It is still early because it is becoming so ubiquitous. I want to get your take on these governors. So big elections uh, happening a couple weeks ago. New York governor gets elected. And one of the first news stories coming out of this is that he's going to take his first three paychecks in Bitcoin. I just want to hear your overall take on, uh, is that of convenience? Uh, there's another... You're talking about, we're talking about the mayors. Ah, um, oh, Sorry. The... No, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's, we're about to have governors. I mean, I'm surprised Gavin Newsom hasn't said something. I'm surprised he hasn't disappeared for 11 days, come back and said, I was crypto mining. <laughs> um, so, so this dude named uh, Adams out of New York, who's the um, the mayor, mayor elect, I guess. I felt like we're seeing, so the same way that we see 
you know, call them what you will, but for lack of a better term, uh, billionaires who are on the internet who take to Twitter and other mechanisms to basically air either grievances, dirty laundry, or just kind of have like little flexing contests, whether it's your Bezos's and your Musk's talking about, you know, your overall, you know, value versus things they're doing with the stuff, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was fascinating that Adams comes out in the wake of, which wasn't too long ago. I can't remember the exact timetable. You might remember, but uh, Suarez, who's the mayor of Miami, he came out and very publicly talked well, Miami, of course, they're trying to make it, you know, the, the new heart of Bitcoin for the United States. And New York doesn't like that because New York was the original state that issued those bit licenses way back when. And they got a lot of, you know, caught a lot of flack because they effectively were controlling and manipulating the number of companies that could work with crypto in New York based on these licenses. Super backroom deal style. Unless you knew someone who knew someone who was a banker regulator, you didn't get one, et cetera, et cetera. So when Miami Suarez comes out and is like, hey, you come down here, we'll give you tax breaks. There's a Miami coin. I'm getting paid in Bitcoin my first paycheck, et cetera. His talking point was I get paid in Bitcoin in my first paycheck. And so then old Adams, not to miss a beat on the Twitter, you know, he passed in the Twitter drum line says, one, I'll take three. Wow. <laughs> and then comes out and shows that. It's like, oh, by the way, we're going to put Bitcoin and blockchain as a fundamental uh, subject into our education system. Right. And by the way, we're going to do this. And there's all these by the ways. And it's like, wow, New York City is trying to steal the narrative, I think, away from Miami and say, no, we're the original OG city of, of, of crypto. And I just don't know who's loud enough and who's louder, but I feel like whoever is louder is going to end up controlling that story. Oh, my goodness. I did not realize that, that it was sort of a copycat performance. I mean, that's kind of interesting to see the two cities. Uh, I did read something about Miami issuing a Miami coin and allowing citizens mm -hmm. to stake the coin. I hadn't heard that it was tied back to the education system, but that brings me back to one of the very first uh, sort of economic drivers that you and I talked about with El Salvador. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, talk about when, when we were talking about that back at the end of the summer to now they're riding 40% highs and publicly coming out and saying, we're going to take that profits and we're going to go build schools for it schools i yeah. mean talk about a, a circular economy that we wish to build like this makes sense to me i mean and, and well when you are a country that is pushed to a place of i mean i'm not going to call it like a collapse because that seems sort of dire but you're pushed to a place where your currency value is so your inflation issue is so bad that you're going to get to a point kind of like argentina and others where you're just going to have people citizens burning cash for fire to make heat, you know, you're getting to those points of wheelbarrows of money to get a loaf of bread. Nobody wants to go back that we've been there. We've been there so many times over so many hundreds of years. And now these guys, especially El Salvador, because remember these, these guys have volcanoes everywhere that are active and they're like capturing that energy via that hydro thermo hydrodynamic plants. I forget how it's called. And then to put it into education system and to basically say, Hey, we're going to set a standard. Now, we all know that whoever goes first usually isn't best, right? You go sure. first, and maybe there's a leapfrog. So them taking the initial run and saying, we're doing this, and I think it's probably in that global macro world that you're describing, causes guys like Adams and others to say, yeah, we're going to pour in, we're going to show everyone why this is so important. We're going to pour in profits and put those into education. It almost is like just a playbook of, are you in charge? Yes. Can you get Bitcoin recognized in your country? Yes. What will then let people be onboarded easier? Some kind of a hosted wallet. Then what should we do with the money to make yeah. people happy? Education. And here's the last one, which I think is really the big one. 
is all these guys, and I think Adams uh, alluded to this somewhere, but um, because the salary is public, he's kind of like, I think in general, there's a Suarez, Adams, all these guys who are doing it. Actually, I heard there's going to be a Detroit coin coming soon too. There's already a San Francisco coin apparently that no one knows about, which should be expected because no one in SF <laughs> cares about cash. Um, but uh, the uh, the idea is if it's all on the blockchain, it's all public, and then I know as a citizen exactly how much money my elected official is making because yeah. it's a public thing. Yeah. I can see their salary. In I can the contract. see when they're, get, they're giving gifts and they're giving things that it's all very public. And when that little tranche of money starts building from the miners and the blockchain starts to grow and people are investing, because by the way, there are people straight up buying Miami coin. I bought some in case you haven't. I can tell you how to get on, get on there. You get the wallet and you buy these things called stacks and you move the Miami coin. So you can kind of like ride the Miami wave. I don't know if I'll be there anytime soon to nice. use it, but I'm going to get the benefit, right? Sure. And they show publicly how much that's gaining. And Suarez has said, and this is not something Adams has said yet. Because I think Adams has the whole New York banking scene to fucking deal with. Sure. But Suarez it's is saying, life. hey, we're going to take this money. Like right now, I want to say there's 20 or $25 million in Miami coin or something in this fund and start alleviating taxes of the citizens ah. using the pool of money. Holy so shit. now you're talking about value pool that is a for real value and not just like, oh, I'm getting 20% off at Starbucks. So I think that's fascinating. Paying our collective bills from it. Collect the, the, the citizens collectively benefit right. from the collective use of the city money, which makes total sense. I mean, this is it's it's always mind blowing. Um, you went from burning cash to create energy, all the way through to how when you have energy to be created and and then this store of value to pay back the collective bills of society. Like that's big stuff. That government changing stuff. Uh, it's, it's so much is being disrupted right now. It's mind blowing that I hadn't gotten to this other place of, you can start to fuel your own economy with the people's work and we all take care of each other. And, and, and the slogan, it takes a village suddenly becomes a real thing that everyone can identify with. And the campaign and finance reform. Go, go back to what you were talking about with the campaigns. Yeah. If everyone can see where the money goes. So the people who are paid to care for the community are held to account. And by the way, they're elected and their salaries are being paid by us. It's our own tax dollars right. to pay them. So we should absolutely know where it goes. And here's where it goes one step further, which I think even gets crazier, is now what you're saying is everyone who comes around and they're still the naysayers for this whole thing always rely ultimately on an environmental uh, story or concern. Sustainability. You know, we, we, right. the sustainability. That's, there's the word. So the, of course the US government would never admit that the dollar, the fiat dollar is threatened by a crypto, right? No one would ever suggest something so outrageous. Can right? you imagine? Even though, we know, even though we know that that's a true statement. So what they say is sustainability and, and, and energy use is the issue. And I know it's going to take some number of years, but they just need to show a very simple case study. When Miami started this thing off in five years later, how much of an offset to the traditional use of energy does crypto then provide for the city? Meaning if there are, I don't know what this, the population of Miami is, let's say San Francisco is about a million-ish people. Let's just say that those million people fundamentally change the way that they interact and operate with city services and infrastructure because of new opportunities with things like blockchain jobs, because with new opportunities where money gets put into education to create teachers to teach it, or there's ways to offset by And as soon as all that starts to happen, the argument of saying, gosh, this whole mining thing takes a lot of electricity. It's like, no, 
Um, here in Miami, we just turned off our Christmas lights for one week of the year. And we also stopped running toll bridges uh, during the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. because no one's there anyway. And they're going to start getting smarter. And as everyone starts to make recommendations and using Miami coin as sort of like their vote, if you will, then the people are going to start to change the way that the city is itself run. You can optimize behavior. Record. You can optimize say, behavior. Like, don't run a Twitter poll. You dummies like let's run a poll that actually affects the way that our miami coin blockchain runs the city tied to the and currency that, it, and, you, and it's it's, it's gonna be cha- game changing you'll vote from your wallet you won't even have to go to a voting station and we talked about this six months ago when we were like there's got to be a way for this mm-hmm. to go straight to voting and i'm saying in six to eight months time my brain has processed through this with your help with the help of the community everyone that i've talked to is sort of marching towards this this type of 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 change this revolution i mean that word being used i i uh just came back from nft nyc and i will i really want to dig into on that too by the way i i really do think a lot of people pointed to it people referenced south by southwest in 2006 whenever twitter like really hit and all of a sudden there was this web 2.0 movement and the conversation Mm -hmm. was about does my ceo need to be on twitter like and, mm-hmm. the, and the 10 years that ensued to get us to now this point, people pointing to this conference in New York, take this financial aspect of it as this catalyst for Web3, the melding of the minds. You had everyone coming together who understands or, or is interested to learn. That that was the cool part of even people who didn't have a, a, a full understanding were willing to ask stupid questions and mm-hmm. get answers so that everyone benefited from that. Um, and at the same time, I'd say 99% of the conversations I had, I didn't, I wasn't going through the, uh, the basic fundamentals of these things. I was talking about the use cases, getting to mm-hmm. how this stuff can be applied to solutions. Uh, overall, I mean, I, I had a wonderful time. It was like, it was invigorating. The, the passion of web three is real. The community is real. The willingness to help is real. Um, are there people there trying to make money? And just in it for the the quick buck, absolutely. But <laughs> the majority of people, I think, will see that tide go pop, go by, and keep focused on the things that we're talking about now. How can we create a better society? Use the technology. Get smarter about energy. About how we. Uh, I mean, you talked about teachers. For God's sakes, like make that build that into the coin system with transparency, so that we can afford to keep teachers um we went to inflation a minute ago and i had another note here of inflation hitting a 30-year high we're talking supply chain issues we're talking these massive disruptions in the ecosystem of commerce and yet here we are everybody staring at staring at bitcoin and ethereum which is and has the potential to be the the most optimal way to run all of those systems Every mm-hmm. shipping container, every boat showing up, every price tag of every piece of merchandise being validated, that's not that far off. It's coming. I think yeah, that's I mean, where like, you're uh, seeing the pendulum swing. Well, and the, and the question I would ask you, um, since I didn't get a chance to go, is because I was at South by Southwest in that era when it was the the, the flippening, as it were, 
of moving into what people referred to as community and social broadcast. And there were so many buzzwords at the time. Um, I was also at the turn of the century at CES in Las Vegas when there was another, you know, the, the, the Y2K huh? specter that yeah. everything was going to explode and our toaster that was somehow IOT with some hey. clock was going to accidentally start a fire in your kitchen. It wasn't that long like ago. Was, you know, I mean, it was, it was, I was within our lifetimes and I was at all these places. And I, and what I question to you is what I always found fascinating in these points of transition are a few things, three things, let's say. Number one, who are the real players in terms of their sort of age and demographic makeup? That's sort of the first question. And the reason why I'm posing these three is because as I play it back to where when the Web 1.0 world hit, I think there's a lot of similarities here. And we should look at the historical record, right? History totally repeats itself. And those who can look backwards and glean the patterns as they go forward, end up becoming more successful, right? Let's not fall into the same pitfalls. So the first thing I would want to know is like, what do you see this demo? Are we talking like people in their mid forties, mid thirties? Are we talking people in their young twenties? Like, is it a range? Now my guess is in this new transition is it's going to be a whole bunch of older OG people who are the ones who are actually making companies and kind of hiring people and building out some new things plus the combination of those new bloods that come in and provide the creativity. Because back when I was doing a startup, when it was sort of the web 1020 world was, you always had a mix of the OG guy who like knew the money guy or who knew the this, or the tech guy, plus the new people who provided the lifeblood of what the product was. And then as time passed, that totally dithers and the OG guys fade. And then the startup guys are like, wait a second, why do we have all these old people here? We should just do this ourselves. And then they realize, oh, me and my college pals are going to make this thing on our couch. It's sort of there are these transitions of when you have those natural leaders who are in positions of wealth and power that end up getting phased out or leapfrogged by the young people. So my guess is you had a mix of young, but also the OG guys. Absolutely. And the second thing I would say is the money. The money is pouring in the same way it did in the heyday of the salad days, late 90s in San Francisco, where you can walk down Valencia Street and not go 20 feet without someone on a, on a janky <laughs> cell phone, like a, a Nokia brick, and like talking about how they're going to IPO and they just hired some new blah, 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 blah. And it was just like everywhere yeah. you looked, it was new cars leased and people and freaking out. And there was a little bit of that vibe where like every day, I mean, how often, Michael, do you look at the news? And it will say something like, and I, I'll even read it, and I think I know a fair amount, but I'll read the description of the company and literally have no fucking idea what they do. They start describing how they're a layer on this that uses a DeFi protocol, but it's introducing a privacy something that has a token that does the thing so that if you have this obscure use case between these three things, and blah, 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 and then it says Andreessen Horowitz provides $30 million. And you're like, wow. What? Yeah. So, yeah, like it's like these OG you know, Silicon Valley uh, VCs are now playing crypto roulette. They're just like throwing little bits of cash on all yeah. these projects. The same way that you and me spend 50 bucks on a bag of some random ass coin at 2 a.m. And we're like, I want to be a part of SHIB too. I, <laughs> I think wild right now. this, I mean, the first part I'd say definitely a range of age groups. I, I didn't get to number three here, but definitely a range of age groups. I mean, what, what generation would you, uh, if you had to put yourself in one, would you say, you tell me. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm square in Gen X, like as far as the Gen X, the, and I, as far as the generations are like listed from the Pew Research, I right in the dead center. And I get like sort of early uh, millennial, and they, they there's a name or classification for me as well because I'm like barely a millennial. Um, sure. Uh, and I think you saw a little bit of the Web 2.0 crowd. The people, a lot of people that I did feel like that came from the Web 2.0 world 
And there was definitely a thread of a younger crowd who this was one of their first sort of business functions because mm -hmm. travel had not existed in the last two years. And, and I did talk with several of those folks who are starry eyed. Uh, and it, it's interesting to now look at from, you know, I'm, I am a few years older than when I started my career and to see these, these starry eyed, I, kids and that's weird for me to say i mean they're, they're my peers but but they're younger well, but right they're, they're not, coming from they're this not web your three. peers right but they're not your peers because you've been in the business now for a decade plus 15 years whatever your working history is not only that you're in the c-suite of a company that's on the cutting edge of this world that is the visualization of many things to do with crypto in the metaverse so i would qualify you as the og it's irrespective of age like the demographic you aren't that starry-eyed kid who has his first per diem who's like <laughs> wants to talk to everyone and handing cards and freaking out yeah. every turn. Yeah. You have that perspective. And so what I'm saying is, and the third thing I was just going to say was, this is where the predatory behavior comes in because, and I, and I hope that, that this blockchain world this web three world prevents this from happening. But what happened on both sides of every desk in the, in the salad days of the web back in the turn of the century was you had equal, equal criminals, either VCs, who are looking to exploit the starry-eyed kid. So someone our age, your age, who's like, I have, and my company has some money, and I got these kids who will do anything for it. So I'm going to figure out how to write them up a little contract that basically gives me full control of them, et cetera. Yeah. Or you have on the other side, the predatory founder guys who were are the ones who are charismatic enough and successful enough. If you rewind to those early days, let's talk about the Mark Cubans of the world. Let's talk about some other people where they walked into boardrooms and were so electric with their vision and their PowerPoint with no product at all. And somehow got someone to just give them a quarter million dollars, yeah. quarter billion dollars. Like that's the, the interesting dynamic that I wonder if you're in a pitch, will someone, will Andreessen Horowitz throw money at a Web3 company that has no product? Or will they say, hey, show me your public blockchain and what you're doing and then I'll give you some money. Like I wonder, are the tables turning a little in terms of how all that is going to shake out because you know a ton of money is going to get spent on the metaverse, ton of it, yep, billions, and in five years there's going to be like two. That's right. And yet there'll have been like fifty of them or whatever. Like there's going to be that shakeout, that internet shakeout that we saw twenty years ago. And I think we, it is when people say it's early, it's right at the the upswing of that curve that will mm. start to peak. I think in twenty twenty four. Uh, I'll put it, I'll put it right there. 2024, two and a half years from now. Cause I think it'll be a little bit of a faster curve than we saw in web two, just the speed mm. of development that I'm seeing the ease of duplicating of some of the, the Ethereum contracts themselves and the mm -hmm. principles in each of those contracts, the, the financial dividends, the rewards, the things that are coming out of them, the access to physical events, the unlocking of a video player. Like there's so many like basic fundamentals that have already been figured out in the first eight months that I have no doubt in the next two years, you're going to see that influx. I mean, uh, you, I think you were the one who, who flagged for me, Instagram might be turning on the ability to, instead of hitting that promote button and promoting your Instagram post, just hit that button, pay some gas fees, mint it as an NFT, and now you own it. Now, Instagram has quote unquote transferred the ownership of that photo mm -hmm. to you to uh, so some of that stuff's going to happen real fast. There was not a lot of talk of meta. Um, and I think a lot yeah. of that coming out of the best way I heard it explained is they're not starting from the right place that the most of the conversations with the people who are building web three are starting from a place of, of sustainability and 
economic growth and community and maybe a more healthy place, trying to at least talk about it. Like we should strive to start from there. And most people feeling like that's not where Meta's starting line is and therefore never going to make it uh, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a big part of the conversation where I think I kind of expected it to be. Um, I had a lot of conversations about, you know, web 2.0 and the, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, like this, does my CEO need to be on Twitter and making these analogies now to companies now trying to solve, like, do I need to carry Bitcoin on my balance sheet? Uh, mm -hmm. Should we be transacting in these currencies? How can we create an NFT? Do we need an NFT? Like that was the equivalent of the conversation I, I was having. It wasn't so much about the platforms. It was more about the, what does it do for our customers or how would we deliver it to them? Uh, which is also why I don't think it's going to take as long as uh, some of the web two stuff took to get to that point of saturation. Yeah. Well, hearing you actually say it like that, I, I did, I do forget that, you know, from a, from the generalist perspective, when people talk about crypto, they're usually meaning one of three separate things. We talked about that, right? They're even talking about Bitcoin. They're talking about other cryptocurrency slash, or, uh, or you know, some value stuff. The second pillar is the meta and the third is the NFT. And it, at a conference that is NFT New York. And if NFTs, we all agree, are sort of algorithmically designed collections of things that aren't really that visually interesting necessarily, are really about the community that's built behind it. Yep. That's something that's very unique. Because like you say, the metaverse, I mean, it's, it feels like a second life land grab. You know, it feels like what people have been doing with Roblox and like what Minecraft should have done. You know, there, it just it feels like something we've we've seen. It's it's not different, scary, new. It's just there and low res and low fi. And the question marks remain: Is anyone going to go out and get VR goggles for real and be a part of this thing? Will it just be through our browser? Because Second Life was like, if you remember that, it was really popular. It yeah. had it had everything that's happening now in it. You could buy land. You could yeah. like get art. You could go and have community. It was all of that, and it was wildly popular. And then it just disappeared, like it instantly disappeared. So again, the question of right now is like on that upswing where anyone who shows up with an idea that's a little flavor different than someone else is going to find someone to throw money at them. And there's going to be a whole lot of you know quote failed startups. Like it's going to be tough. Only a couple are going to survive. And in the NFT space, do you think, here's a question for you. So in five years from now, four years from now, we really look at the way, you know, Meta will have taken hold. Facebook's going to have their play, like we said. Instagram, one-touch minting of NFTs. Adobe Photoshop will let you one-click NFT minted. Um, why wouldn't the iPhone, as you take a photo, mm -hmm. just ask you, do you want to mint this instead of add it to a shared album, yeah. right? Who, who knows? So when that happens, <laughs> what blockchain do you think? Is it Ethereum all day? Do you think that the other true competitors like the polka dots and the Solanas and anyone else who has a competing full on competing chain, are they going to be real? Like how, how do you see the world as a plurality of chains for NFTs or does it all end up reducing to the one that's the most powerful? How, what do you think about that? Man, it's complicated. I think right now Ethereum runs with it. At first I was scared of Solana, the outage and the, you know, what looked like a, some sort of nefarious activity kind of scared mm -hmm. me uh, two, two or three months ago, and I just ignored it. And then I'd say at <laughs> NFT NYC, 
you know, understanding the frustrations with gas prices, like there is this bear market right now. And I do think it is 100% predicated on uh, the value of these currencies going up and the gas prices going up and the congestion therein to get your, you know, your, your project, your code, your, your purchase mm -hmm. on the blockchain becomes more expensive. And that's where now, yes, I'm back on the, okay, this layer two bulking these transactions, just the volume that Solana is going to be able to process. Um, I think makes sense to me. I need to do my own research to understand like, how were they able to turn off that network? How many nodes are there? Why aren't there more? Could there be more? Could it be uh, hacked? You know, what are all those potential risks? So right now I think the, the, um, the genesis of this does come back to Ethereum. Like people want to be on that main net as I've heard it referred to. Um, mm. And and over mm. time, though, I think you will see the proliferation of these secondary chains becoming more and more ubiquitous as it grows. And as you have the need for it, almost like there are going to be some transactions that are just by nature of the transaction less valuable. Therefore, the processing mm. of the chain should reflect that. Um, that's one good way to think about it. Like. Uh, so yeah, what if the value is arbitrary, you mean, yeah, well, the other thing, like how important is the is transaction just, that we're trying to track is what I'm saying. Well, I think it also is interesting is something you just mentioned, which it, it almost like it happens in an instant. So I recall back and this would have be in 2002, three, three ish. I don't know if I can get my numbers right. It was the fall. Um, and there were a plurality, <laughs> which is what our, uh, one of our lawyers like to always use in the meetings, but there was a plurality of services, but in that's today's word, there was a plurality of websites that existed then, which would, you could find a video at, like you could watch the video there. Like you, it was a, there were websites called like uh, uh, Meta Cafe. There was a website that was called like uh, grouper there was like bubble that there were all these places where you'd say oh did you see that viral video of you know the lady making wine on the news then she falls down and groans and you're like oh no where oh let me send, i'll send you the rever link you know are -E you remember this yeah. you remember there's all these places and it became a land grab again not to use too many words to like create like these these false metaphors between we're talking about metaverse but it was kind of like that right you would go out and if you're one of these sites and you would go get viral videos like that was a, there was a time in meetings where someone would come in this is back when i was working at cnet networks and we'd have an advertiser come in and say i just you know can you guys get a program where we can make a viral video and we're always <laughs> looking at them like what is, like like how do we get a marketing program where we really make a video go viral like which sites do we work with i'm like you know it's you, you can't just do that you don't just pay to make you know trying to explain to people how you're just missing it so then what happens over time these things come teams are built they all raise money totally the same process as today, creating a new layer off the blockchain, getting investors to create a new coin or whatever, same idea. It's not called a startup or a website, it's called a coin or a project, but the same deal. And it went on like this for years. This is from like 1999, I'll call it 2000 to 2002 or three, because literally broadband.com was a URL owned by CNET networks before the broadband even existed, <laughs> like proliferating. So yeah, you can go to websites to like watch videos, but guess what? No one can even see it or it takes five minutes to buffer and then you get this grainy thing. And then one day these two nerds are like, Hey, there's this thing called YouTube. And we got some guys who created this new technology, brand new called sharding. 
And everyone's like sharding, what's sharding? And it became this new buzzword. I'm like, how about, and the next thing you know, when you got a YouTube link sent to you and you click play, it just played. And they said sharding was how they accomplished this. And then as we know, the rest was history because in like a matter of three to six months, every other video site was gone and Google acquired them for 1.43 billion or something like that. And it happened like in an instant. So I feel like, you know, Solana, everyone comes out and says, we can process 100,000 transactions in this amount of time. And they all have these data points and these statistics and like benchmarks, but no one has ever tested it at scale. And the first one that like, has that scale play, I think then all the rest will fold. Yeah. Um, because if Solana is the one, which I don't think it will be because they're so young, so early, there's going to be this net new one we don't even know about that's going to for real come on, have five NFT projects you really care about and the world cares about, or have some cross-chain way to talk to existing projects like Apes and Punks and then be lightning fast and work at scale, well, then it's over, right? Yep. But right now, everyone says all these things and then you say, oh, but then Solana has an outage. Everyone says all these things and like the creator of Ethereum just burns 5 billion worth of tokens randomly. You're like, what? Like, are you not responding to Putin? I mean, it's a Russian chain, Ethereum, right? I mean, that's a little weird too. And then Polkadot, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're working on a, a collab. Like, okay, everyone's always working on a collab. But has anyone done anything? <laughs> yeah. No. So until someone can show up, I mean, I'm actually waiting for the real Bitcoin maxis to say, fuck all these guys and their new chains. Let's just build on Lightning and just do le- NFTs on Bitcoin's blockchain and just let everybody be done with it. Like, like I feel like there's going to be these interesting cycles of like recreating the wheel yeah. until finally someone realizes, oh, you know, this is the one that will never require air and will never pop and will just run the road forever and we're just not there yet. Yeah, I think that is a, probably a good place to leave this. We can get into platforms. We can talk more about Coinbase Wallet coming next time. Um, Thanks for blowing my mind on how we're going to solve the world's problems again. Uh, Thank you for sharing the inside scoop on NFT New York. I couldn't get a ticket this time, so I'm happy to have been a fly on the wall. (laughs) We'll see you there next year. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Take care.